Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you once again for joining us on another episode featuring Christian from the Friday Night Panel and his ongoing exploration discussion with respect to the Olympics upcoming and specifically boxing at the Olympics in Tokyo this July. What do you got for us, Christian? Well, it's a bit of a doom and gloom day, unfortunately, Graham, as I, I mentioned to you a few minutes ago before we got on the air. Uh, we have to start off with a bit of sad news today. Former women's boxing world champion Olga Domolajanova has died after testing positive for the coronavirus. Wow. So, the 50, yeah, the 52-year-old Russian won the light heavyweight title at the 2001 Women's World Championships in Scranton in the U.S. Uh, she also, uh, outside of that, won at the European Championships, uh, the European Cup during a glittering career, as well as three Russian titles and three Russian Cups. The Russian Boxing Federation told the country's state-run media, TASS, that uh, Domola Genova died following health complications caused by the COVID-19 virus. After her boxing career, she served as Deputy Secretary uh, General for the Russian Boxing Federation and also took some time to move into coaching as well. She was uh, the director of a training center for Russia's national teams located in Moscow. Domola Genova was born in Uzbekistan's capital of Tashkent, and uh, the Asian Boxing Confederation described her as a pioneer for women in the sport. The Russian Boxing Federation said in a statement, the Russian Boxing Federation deeply grieves over the sudden death of Olga Domolajinova. Uh, we express our sincere condolences to the family and her loved ones. This is an irreparable loss for all of us. Uh, so from us here at Talking Fight, as well, you know, thoughts, prayers, and condolences as well to uh, for the Russian Boxing Federation and obviously her family and friends. Moving on, though. And sticking loosely on the doom and gloom side of things, unfortunately, uh, the AIBA is making good on their pledge now to initiate an independent investigation into the death of teenage Jordanian boxer Rashad al Swisat, who passed away last month after sustaining a head injury at the World uh, Youth Championships in Poland. The 19-year-old Al-Swiset was taken to hospital where he underwent emergency brain surgery, as you guys already know, you've been following this as well, uh, after collapsing during the third round of the 81-kilogram category uh, contest against Estonia's Anton Winogradov. Uh, now, just after a week after that, he did pass away in hospital. So Dr. Vincent Grimaud, who is the head of the Center for Sports Medicine at uh, Lucerne uh, University Hospital, will be leading the probe. The world governing body uh, announced that in just uh, this morning. Now, Grimaud said, I'm pleased to provide my support to AIBA in this matter. My specific tasks as an independent expert are to help clarify the exact course of events that led to the boxer's death and to review protocols and treatments that were followed uh, and uh, followed and administered on the occasion of the, uh, of the accident. Now, he's going to be reviewing the circumstances of Rashid's uh, participation in the competition, his past medical history, his injury, treatment, and the protocols that were followed on that occasion. AIBA President uh, Umar Kremlev uh, said in a statement, AIBA is determined to ensure that we learn every possible lesson from Rashid's tragic death. Boxing has made huge progress in terms of safety, and we are fortunate that such injuries are extremely rare in our sport. So AIB is making good on that, and we'll be moving along. And as they start to, you know, it's probably going to take a little bit of time before we see anything further come from this investigation. we got to let all the involved parties get, uh, you know, 
get their hands into this one and do a bit of digging. Uh, but once we do have any more information as that progresses, I'll of course let you guys know. Moving on into some happier news, though. Let's get away from the doom and gloom side of things here. Uh, let's talk about someone who has just recently qualified for the Olympics. Uh, Trinidad Tobago boxer Aaron Prince has been waiting over a decade to secure qualification for the Olympic Games. So owing to the cancellation of the America's leg of the Olympic qualifier, which was originally scheduled to be boxing in Argentina this week, which would have made our uh, segment here much more interesting and less doom and gloom filled, I'm sure, had it been going on. The uh, box, so following that con that uh, cancellation, the boxing task force was, as you guys know, again, forced to set up a, a new system to qualify individuals based on regional rankings. So in the Pan American middleweight division, Prince, who's uh, also a soldier with the uh, Trinidad Tobago military, which is known as the uh, Trinidad Tobago Defense Force, was ranked seventh. However, the recent exit of three boxers in his category propelled him into fourth place and now sees the 35-year-old earn an automatic qualification to the Summer Games. His confirmation of a spot now sees him become the historically the fourth Trinidad-Tobago boxer to qualify for the Games. In 1996, Kurt Sinet was the first uh, Trinidad-Tobago boxer ever to qualify. He was followed by Carlos Suarez in 2012 and finally Nigel Paul in 2016, respectively. Now, Paul, however, is still awaiting confirmation from the uh, international uh, body as to whether or not he is going to qualify or not. So we're still waiting on that one uh, for his weight class. Although shocked, uh, Prince was ecstatic, saying, I feel great. Dreams really do come true after all, and I believe that my years of hard work have finally paid off. Any person that knows me in the journey that I've been on would agree with me. The news is still soaking in. However, just like a soldier, I'm set and I'm ready to move. Uh, shocked, but ready. Prince said that he was preparing for the America's leg for some time and uh, believed that he could have fought his way into a top four uh, ranks in the Pan-American region. Now, the change in the qualification process, he said, helped pave the way for his reward for all the years of hard work that he has put in. There we go. So uh, Prince previously had been training with Gladiators Boxing Gym before joining up with the uh, Trinidad de Vegos Defense Force. Ironically, uh, team's national coach, Reynolds Cox, is also a, uh, a member of the Defense Force, and the pair have been working together for about three years now. Uh, Prince said training, on, however, Prince did say that training is not going on right now because he needs time off from work. So he's saying, when they canceled the qualifiers, I had to return to work. And now that they've changed the qualification process and I have qualified, I now need to take time off from the military to go back to training. I've been trying to get to this point for years now, and the pandemic has not affected me negatively, but it was an emotional roller coaster because of the uncertainties and fear of no competition at all. Uh, Coach Cox was pleased with the boxer's automatic qualification. He said that Prince had been trying to qualify for the Games since the 2008 edition of the, Olympi of the Olympics in Beijing. Adding, he performed well at previous Central American, Caribbean Games, as well as Pan American Games, so he was able to get to that position. His selection was justified. This is not something that just happened overnight. According to Cox, at the 2019 Pan Am Games, Prince led all of his scorecards before injury struck and he was unable to continue in his fight. Now, this made him uh, have to settle for fifth place and just miss out on a bronze medal. Cox, however, was a bit disheartened that uh, another one of their boxers, uh, 
recovering national boxer Michael Alexander is going to be unable to compete at these games owing to a January 27th motorcycle accident, saying that uh, we could have had our biggest, strongest ever team that we would have ever sent to the games. Alexander would have easily qualified. We just have to wait and see now if Nigel gets the green light to compete again. So we've got at least one boxer from Trinidad uh, and Tobago headed there, assuming he can get the time off work, that is, in order to train and actually uh, make it out to this tournament. It's not always the easiest thing to get time off from the military. Uh, so we've got one going, one waiting to qualify from there, and uh, unfortunately one in recovery from a motorcycle accident who is going to have to sit this one out. Uh, which is too bad because, again, this would have been a, uh, the first time they'd sent the same boxer consecutively to uh, multiple Olympics. But, you know, best of luck, obviously, for Nigel, and uh, hopefully he recovers soon. And uh, hopefully we can see some good boxing out of uh, the Caribbean area in general in the West Indies coming into light over uh, the course of the tournament. Yeah, pretty awesome. I mean, we, we typically hear the Cuban boxers do quite well. Uh, Jamaican boxers who moved to Canada do quite well, uh, but pretty rarely do we hear boxers from Trinidad Tobago, which is pretty cool. Um, glad to hear that report. Actually, I, I I'm saddened that uh, you know three guys had to drop out, or maybe they moved to the pro ranks. Very oh, very, various things could have happened there. That could have been uh, people moving to pro ranks. It could have been people uh, aging out of uh, competition. That mm. could have also been people changing weight classes as well going up and down a weight class. So the the top the, the end result was in his weight division, three people who were ahead of him in line are no longer competing in that division. Not necessarily that they're not competing at all. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's a, well, two out of those three uh, reports, pretty sad, but uh, good, to see, good to see that the IABA is taking very positive steps, I must say. Like, uh, these, these are the types of things you'd expect from a leadership role, investigating, making sure that it doesn't happen again. Uh, it, it, it invariably injury will happen, but to that level of severity, I hope it never happens. Uh, mm -hmm. So at least they're taking positive steps from a leadership perspective uh, and engaging professionals uh, to weigh in and provide answers if answers needed to be stated uh, with respect to his unfortunate death. Uh, but boy, oh boy, that shock, that was a shocker when you reported uh, you know, 52 years of age, um, I hate to say it, but I'm older. And uh, to hear that someone 52 is uh, is is dying with the coronavirus right now. An athlete and an athlete. Yeah. Someone, someone who, no, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to cast shade here on you, Graham, but someone who's probably in better shape than you are as well. <laughs> and Fair me, enough. and me, you know, and me. But, you know, I was so sad. Yeah, so it, it really can hit anybody at that point in time and it's good to see that uh but looking back at the al swice situation it is good to see aiba stepping up on this because they're under no actual there's nothing that says that they have to launch this further investigation because right. there already was they did an internal review initially of their own protocols and said yeah we did everything according to the book uh and after that the jordanian olympic committee has put together a, a task force to investigate this on their side as well and that was after the their amateur sports uh, board of directors resigned en masse after this happened. So there already was an investigation going on. Whether that was going to be the most transparent thing in the world or whether they were going to let national pride kind of hold on to that and keep things pretty hush-hush, 
hard to say. But AIBA is stepping up and bringing in independent experts. Again, there, there's no mandate that says that they have to do this. So the fact that they've brought in an out, someone outside and is giving them free reign to uh, to investigate as they will, that, that does go a long way. And this is a lot of what uh, Umar Kremlin has been trying to do with that uh, sports body. Ever since he took over from Dr. Wu, um, just... You know, he's been making great strides because under the previous administration with AIBA, you know, they were trying to start their own professional sports league. They were trying to be promoters as well as coaches, as well as, you know, they were trying to basically have a monopoly on boxing, both amateur and professional. And it just led to every conflict of interest that we've already talked about and that you guys are already aware of that led to them being stripped of their IOC accreditations. So... It's great to see these guys doing that and, uh, you know, getting involved and trying to make the whole thing more transparent at every level. Correct. Correct. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate it, Christian. Thanks very much. Good viewership, good listenership out there for uh, waiting some comments. A quick uh, shout out to our good friend, Bubs Arcade, who weighed in. And, uh, and Carl, I'll see you later uh, this afternoon, my time. Later this evening, uh, your time on your show. Um, Christian is tomorrow Friday. Yep. So we might tomorrow we'll is on. Friday. So we'll be on at uh, two o'clock tomorrow, and then also the Friday night panel. Seven o'clock. At Eastern seven time. O'clock. Correct. All right. Thanks very much, Christian. Appreciate it, and thanks very much, uh, all you peeps out there who are uh, tuning into us and watching the progression, the movement towards the Olympics that will be happening this July in Tokyo. And uh, we hope great things from, from all competitors, but the best of the best.